Good morning, everyone. It's time for another edition of Transformation Radio. Many a dream has died Like a tree planted by the water We never will run dry So living water flowing through God, we thirst for more of you Fill our hearts and flood our souls With one desire Just to Shine like the sun, make darkness rise. 
As we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today comes from the book of Luke, Dr. Luke, chapter 4, verse 31. We'll read through chapter 5, verse 11. Here is a brief commentary overview on what we'll be reading about today here in the New Testament. Jesus had recently moved to Capernaum from Nazareth. Capernaum was, in fact, his ministry headquarters. Now, Capernaum was a thriving city with great wealth as well as great decadence. And because it was the headquarters for many Roman troops, word about Jesus could spread all over the Roman Empire from there. A man possessed by a demon was in the synagogue where Jesus was teaching. This man made his way into the place of worship and verbally abused Jesus. That's naive to think that we will be sheltered from evil in the church. Satan is happy to invade our presence wherever and whenever he can. But Jesus' authority is much greater than Satan's, and where Jesus is present, demons cannot stay for long. Now the people were amazed at Jesus' authority to drive out demons, evil spirits ruled by Satan, and sent to harass people, tempt them to sin, and ultimately destroy them. Demons are fallen angels who have joined Satan in rebellion against God. Jesus faced many demons during his time on earth and he always exerted authority over them. Not only did the evil spirit leave this man that we'll read about here in Scripture today, Luke records that the man was not even injured. When Jesus does the job, he does a good job. He doeth all things well. Now, while we may not often see cases of demon possession today, it does still exist. However, we would not doubt that uh, evil permeates our world. We need to not be fearful, however. Jesus' power is far greater than Satan's. The first step toward conquering fear of evil is to recognize Jesus' authority and power. He has overcome all evil, including Satan himself. Jesus healed Simon Peter's mother-in-law so completely that not only did the fever leave, but her strength was restored, and immediately she got up and took care of others' needs. What a beautiful attitude of service she showed. You know, God gives us health so that we can serve others. The people came to Jesus when the sun was setting because this was the Sabbath, their day of rest. Sabbath lasted from sunset on Friday to sunset on Saturday. It's called Shabbat these days, and it's still observed in the nation of Israel. The people didn't want to break the law that prohibited travel on the Sabbath, so they waited until the sun set on the Sabbath before coming to Jesus. Then, as Luke the physician notes, they came with all kinds of diseases, and Jesus healed each one. He had compassion on all the crowds. Now the kingdom of God is good news. It was good news to the Jews because they had been awaiting the coming of the promised Messiah ever since the Babylonian captivity. 
It's good news for us also because it means freedom from slavery to sin and selfishness. The kingdom of God is here and now because the Holy Spirit lives in the hearts of believers. Yet it's also in the future because Jesus will return to reign over a perfect kingdom where sin and evil will no longer exist. All right, let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. March 21st, the New Testament. Luke chapter 4, verse 31, through chapter 5, verse 11. Then Jesus went to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and taught there in the synagogue every Sabbath day. There, too, the people were amazed at his teaching, for he spoke with authority. Once when he was in the synagogue, a man possessed by a demon, an evil spirit, began shouting at Jesus, Go away! Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One sent from God. Jesus cut him short. Be quiet. Come out of the man, he ordered. At that, the demon threw the man to the floor as the crowd watched. Then it came out of him without hurting him further. Amazed, the people exclaimed, What authority and power this man's words possess! Even evil spirits obey him, and they flee at his command. The news about Jesus spread through every village in the entire region. After leaving the synagogue that day, Jesus went to Simon's home, where he found Simon's mother-in-law very sick with a high fever. Please heal her, everyone begged. Standing at her bedside, he rebuked the fever, and it left her, and she got up at once and prepared a meal for them. As the sun went down that evening, people throughout the village brought sick family members to Jesus. No matter what their diseases were, the touch of his hand healed everyone. Many were possessed by demons, and the demons came out at his command, shouting, You are the Son of God! But because they knew he was the Messiah, he rebuked them and refused to let them speak. Early the next morning, Jesus went out to an isolated place. The crowds searched everywhere for him, and when they finally found him, they begged him not to leave them. But he replied, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in other towns too, because that is why I was sent. So he continued to travel around, preaching in synagogues throughout Judea. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper, and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, We worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, O oh Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus.
Psalm 64, verses 1 through 10. Now, here in this scripture that we'll be reading momentarily, we may believe that God hears only certain requests from us. While it's true that we should offer praise, confession, and respectful petitions, it's true also that God is willing to listen to anything we want to tell Him. Well, King David expressed himself honestly, knowing that God would hear his voice. God will always listen to us, and he fully understands us. He should. He made us. Words spoken against us are among the most painful attacks we may ever have to face. If we trust in God, however, these attacks need not cause any lasting damage. Psalm 64, verses 1 through 10. For the choir director, a psalm of David. O God, listen to my complaint. Protect my life from my enemy's threats. Hide me from the plots of this evil mob, from this gang of wrongdoers. They sharpen their tongues like swords and aim their bitter words like arrows. They shoot from ambush at the innocent, attacking suddenly and fearlessly. They encourage each other to do evil and plan how to set their traps in secret. Who will ever notice, they ask. As they plot their crimes, they say, We have devised the perfect plan. Yes, the human heart and mind are cunning. But God Himself will shoot them with His arrows, suddenly striking them down. Their own tongues will ruin them, and all who see them will shake their heads in scorn. Then everyone will be afraid. They will proclaim the mighty acts of God and realize all the amazing things He does. The godly will rejoice in the Lord and find shelter in Him and those who do what is right will praise Him. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 22 A beautiful woman who lacks discretion is like a gold ring in a pig's snout. My name is Trevor Randall. I grew up on the west side of Columbus, and I started off you know, using everything that we all started with, I ended up on heroin, strung out, homeless, and addicted and broken, and I found the Lord in 2013. My life changed ever since then, and I fell short. And um, the great thing is, is that He took me back. I was able to come back to the refuge. I was able to restore my relationship with Him. And things have been awesome. He's been working in my life more than I've ever seen, and especially in the lives of all the men that's been around me. And uh, Vinton County is a very special place. I absolutely love it down there, and I kind of didn't want to leave today. It's, bitter, it's bittersweet, but at the same time, I'm excited to phase up, excited to move on. Excited to continue my walk with the Lord, and I hope that He brings me to do what I'm supposed to do. And, um, you know, God's great, guys. That's all I got. Hey, Refuge. I'm here just giving information out to old Tate. Tate Hughes, man, you're a good man. I'm glad to see that uh, you're continuing to make progress. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> I'm glad that we uh, stuck through it together, and I'm looking forward to seeing you coming up the third phase. Not only that, but just seeing you every other week when you come up to work. And uh, also want to get an affirmation to Sean. Sean, man, I just really encourage you to uh, press into God's Word. And, you know, uh, I'm going to try to get you that message Bible uh, I'm working on getting a copy of the ESV this week, so hopefully when I see you on the counter, I can give it to you. But I love you guys, man, and just remember that God will make changes in your heart, so that way He'll make changes in your life. 
Good morning, man. Pastor Delaney. Pray that you guys are having a great week. And as the weather begins to change and spring is uh, coming around a little more often than the cold days, um, I pray that you're uh, enjoying kind of the new birth that spring brings. And that brings me to Matthew 13 today. I'm going to share a little bit from verse 1. It says, Later that same day, uh, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake, and a large crowd soon gathered around him. So he got in a boat, and then he sat there and he taught as the people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables such as this one. He said, Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across the field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them, and other seeds fell on shallow soil with uh, underlying rock, and the seeds sprouted quickly, but because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among the thorns that grew up and then were choked out, and choked out those tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much as he had planted. Anyone with ears should listen and understand. And his disciples came and said, Why do you use parables to talk to the people? And I love the fact that Jesus used parables to talk to people. The stories, you know, provide these uh, mental images, and word pictures are great. And uh, in this particular story, um, Jesus is telling us how that story can represent how we are to grow spiritually. See, you see, some of the seeds was picked away, and those seeds represent folks that are picked away by evil lies. You know, some of the seed didn't take root because it was planted in poor quality soil, those are like the folks who allow life's cares and troubles to distract them from making God their top priority, so they don't get deep enough. They just kind of float along the surface. Does that make sense? And some couldn't grow because it got choked out, you know, and, and that has happened to many of us, especially those of us who are in and around the refuge. We, we've had good seed planted in our lives and yet sometimes we allow our old culture, we allow our old thoughts, some of our old behaviors to come along and choke out those things that have been planted, those good biblical values that have been planted, those good lessons that have been planted. And Jesus goes on to say in that passage from Matthew, he says, only the seed that fell on the good soil grew to maturity. And when we talk about growing to maturity... You know, we were talking about what I shared with you last time about how when I take my ordinary everyday walking around life, then I'm creating good soil for the Lord to plant those seeds so that those things like evil lies and being picked off by the cares and my circumstances and my challenges or those seeds being choked out by my old culture or my old behavior or sometimes with the surroundings that I have that I'll be in better shape to have fertile soil by doing that every day, walking around life. And that will lead me to maturity. That will uh, present a, 
a presence and an opportunity for God to grow greater in me. And as he grows greater in me, then he can do greater things through me. And hopefully that makes some sense. And so what I want to talk to you a little bit about today for the next couple of minutes is how do I become good soil? How do I become the soil that when the seed is planted, it cultivates, it becomes mature, it grows up, it doesn't become susceptible to those things that we talked about with lies and culture and some of our old behaviors and, you know, being shallow and not deeply rooted in the word. And a couple of real quick things. The first one is, and can keep this whole seed thing in your mind, is let yourself be cultivated and broken. We till the soil in order to make it receptive to the seed. So remain humble and broken before the Lord. That allows his seed to get in, take root, stay deeply planted. Don't avoid some of the challenges from your life to act as compost, if you will, to your good seed. You know, it, it rather escaping some of the challenges and the trials that the Lord may allow in your life. Allow them to be learning experiences. Allow them to be refining experiences. Allow them to be things that continue to fertilize your, first of all, your love for him, but also your learning about how much he loves you. Because God promises that he wants to accomplish good in our lives. And sometimes he will allow things that on the surface don't seem that way in order to fertilize ourselves with resolve, with perseverance, to um, exercise our faith, to move us deeper in a closer relationship with him. Pastor Tom often tells you that when you are completely dependent, that is a great place to be. When you're broken, you're receptive. And then sometimes those challenges bring us to that place. One last thing I want you to remember is that when we are seeds, there is a time for planting and then there's a time for harvest. And often we want to go rushing in with um, expectation that everything's going to change immediately. You know, I went to church. How come something didn't change? I sang a worship song. Why isn't something changing? I uh, read my Bible three days in a row. Why isn't something changing? And much like Jesus talking about the seed, he's also painting that this is a cultivating and um, long-term patient process, just like planting a flower, just like planting a crop. We plant, we cultivate, we, we fertilize, we continue to care for that seed, we continue to work with that seed, and then eventually it begins to present harvest. So just as seeds are made hidden for a while underground, you need to give those things that God is pouring into your life a chance to stay hidden in your heart. I will hide the word of God in my heart so that I won't sin against him. He's planting the seeds of his love and his compassion and his faith and his possibility and his opportunity into your heart daily in this environment that you're living in with us at the refuge. Allow those seeds to germinate. Hide them in your heart. They will help you when you have culture that tries to choke it out. They will help you when the lies come and try to steal it. They'll help you when you're trying to deal with some of the things that are caring and troubling to you. So go back to this thing with the, the farmer. Go back to Matthew 13 at some point and reread it again. Reread it a little differently. Reread it as this is God wanting to plant seeds into your heart and your spirit. He gives you the things to look out for. He tells you how to cultivate good soil by allowing yourself to be broken, 
Don't allow your suffering to be painful only. Allow it to be a learning. And most importantly, be patient and wait for a wonderful harvest is waiting for the seeds that have been planted by the Father. I hope you guys have a great week. I always enjoy sharing time with you. I pray that it is helpful and it is um, a good word for you today. And Take care. God bless you.
This concludes today's broadcast. I pray that everyone who tuned in today was blessed by what they heard, and I hope you all have a wonderful day.